if you have a child in your house at this point, you are a children's worker. And if you have a teenager in your house, you are a youth worker or a youth pastor, whatever you want to call yourself. You've been called to that. You've been called to youth ministry and children's ministry. Um, and so I think it's vital. I think, you know, discipleship in the home is, is vital. Um, in fact, it would make our youth ministry gatherings um, I mean, we have it on a Friday and different churches have it on different days, but um, it would make our ministry a lot easier if parents were discipling at homes. Welcome back to the Gospel Coalition Africa podcast. My name is Black Newborn, your host. I'm really glad that you could join us for this episode. Um, hope you're still at home safe, uh, washing your hands and um yeah, just staying at home as the government has told us to. Um, and I think that call has gone out to many African countries. I uh, hope you're, you're still praying and trusting that the Lord is um, is getting his will done. Um, so we, yeah, with that said, we, we just want to uh, thank you for all the uh, feedback you've given us for all the other episodes that we've been releasing, uh, especially during this uh, pandemic. Um, and thank you so much for all the helpful response. Um and uh, we just want to get into this episode today. Um, and just before we get into our main topic, we have Jason Devonish uh, on the other line. Um, and he's going to introduce himself. What's up, bro? Hey, bro. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, good. How you doing? Good, man. Um, so awesome. thank you so much, man, for, for being part of this episode. Um, thank you for your willingness to to want to just come chat with us, bro. Awesome, and thanks thanks for, for giving me the opportunity to share with everyone. Still, really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you just tell us a bit about yourself, bro, um, your family and what you're currently involved in? Cool. Um, so currently, I stay with uh, my mom, my dad, and my, my two sisters. We stay here in Santon, mm -hmm. uh, Johannesburg. Um, yeah, there's quite a big age gap between myself and my sisters. Um, seven years between myself and the one, and then eight years between the other one. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, been an interesting dynamic growing up with uh, with uh, two two people who are quite a bit younger than me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I'm currently involved in music ministry at Christchurch Sanson and youth ministry uh -huh. and obviously I love both ministries I have a passion for music and I have a passion for teenagers yeah. I think uh, yeah um, definitely two, two of my favorite ministries to be involved in but I mean at the same time I think this goes for, for most people who work in the church you know um, whatever else needs to be done I'm involved in that <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say the primary focus would be youth and then sort of secondary would be music and then after that, just anything else that needs to be done. Yeah. And I'm currently in my third year of my bachelor's degree at South African Theological Seminary. That's so, dope, man. Yeah, looking forward to finishing that. That's exciting, <laughs> bro. Yeah, yeah, no, for real, bro. Uh, we, we need guys who are educated, man, to handle the scriptures, dog. Mm, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, because a, a lot of dudes just get it in the pulpit, man, and say stuff that's just not even in the Bible, like... So mm. it's definitely cool, man. Um, I think just before we get into what we're chatting about, um, care to tell us a bit about how you met Jesus, bro? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, and and actually I grew up at Christchurch Hanson, which is where I'm, I'm working at the moment and serving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it was quite a journey. I also went to a Christian school, and I suppose the way the guys at the school 
did things was very different to what what we did at Phantom, and so that was quite like quite a ride. It felt like um, not two different types of Christianity, but it was just not what I was used to um, yeah. from the school side. Um, and you know, I had many like times where I would kind of like put up my hand to give my life to Jesus at you know at the school camps and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but there was never really that that heart commitment. It was almost kind of like an impulsive, like raise your hand kind of thing. Mm. Um, and eventually, I stopped. Eventually, I was like, like this just isn't working out for me. And um, I almost feel like, in a way, mm. uh, it felt like God just didn't want me. So I was putting up my hand, saying like, you know, I'm keen. And God was kind of like, no. <laughs> um, but as I said, I think it was more that just my heart wasn't there. You know, it was that mental commitment of like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. But yeah. when it came to actually following him and letting go of the things that I loved, um, that didn't quite happen. Mm. Uh, and then in 2012, 18th of April, which passed, I think, like a week ago, just short of a week ago. Yeah. Um, 18th of April, 2012, um, I, I became a Christian. Wow. Um, where there was that that heart change as well. Yeah, um, yeah and it's been. It's was been a was it at a school it. camp? No, no, that was actually um, through through my cousin. My cousin's also involved in ministry. Okay. Um, and and yeah, but I mean, I say it was it was. I mean, the moment happened with her and, and her um, her minister. Yeah. But I mean, I think there was just a lot of input from the guys at, at Christchurch Stanton. Um, input from the teachers at the school that I was at. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but a massive amount of input from the two guys who were running the youth program at Christchurch Sanson at the time. Sure. They put a lot of effort and energy into me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I do hope that they look back now and think, okay, it was worth it. Yeah. But I definitely gave them a hard time. But I think it was just over time and, and over the, the two to three years where I kind of stopped caring sure. that, you know, I asked, I asked the questions and did a bit of thinking for myself and instead of making impulsive decisions of I want to follow Jesus, I, yeah, as I said, I think I just did a bit of the thinking and asked a lot of questions and, you know, yeah. argued with a few people and, and over time God softened my heart and, <laughs> and yeah, I think throughout, throughout all the people that I spoke to, he was just working, working in and through, through all of them. So yeah. That's pretty dope, man. Praise the Lord for that, bro. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so now you give your life to Jesus. I mean, a lot of kids have like crazy dreams, like being mm. sports personalities, politicians, musicians, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So, so from where you were at, how, how did you end up in deciding that you're going to do ministry? Why and how did you get there? Yeah. So I think again, like in the same way of maybe, you know, coming to faith, um, I think there were a lot of contributing factors. Mm. Um, in in me making the decision to to come to ministry, but I think God had been kind of like planting the seeds um, beforehand. Mm-hmm. So the day I became a Christian, I knew that I was going to go into ministry. Wow. The day I became a Christian, I was like, I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to work in the church. Sure. And um, I remember, like, I, I don't know if this is a great story to share. I'm really <laughs> nervous to share it, but I'll share it anyway. Um, when I was a lot younger. I think I was like 10 or 11. Mm. My parents went to Bible study and I was at home um, with, with my helper. Mm-hmm. And she was in the lounge watching TV and I was like, you know, it sucks that, that I don't have a youth group. Mm. Um, because, you know, like I see all these other churches where they, they had kids going to youth and our church, we didn't have a youth program at the time. And the one that they did have, I wasn't old enough for. So like, I wish I could go to youth and, you know, jam to like, 
you know those hill songs, like those rock songs, like Tell yeah, the World yeah. and, and Take It All. Like those are those are my jams. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually like I took a whole lot of my toys and I put them on my bed mm-hmm. and I ran a youth service for them <laughs> in my room. And if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what was. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, they, 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 those toys had hearts of stones, bro. And you believe God could like soften their hearts? You know what I mean? He's a God of miracles, 100%, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> that's dope, I don't know if bro. I'm gonna regret sharing that story, but uh, that is um, dope. <laughs> that's, that's so, definitely yeah, gonna be an illustration for something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've used it as an illustration in the sermon before. <laughs> um, and look, I mean, I I still have the book where I wrote the sermon, and like it was uh, way out of context. Yeah, so yeah. doggy. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think also just watching the guys doing youth ministry specifically mm. at our church. I really loved the way that they did ministry and I felt like I connected even as someone who wasn't necessarily interested in in Jesus or in the Bible at the time. Yeah. Um they were just so loving and patient and I just I remember when I became a Christian looking at that model of ministry and thinking if I can do youth ministry like that I can help people mm. come to know Jesus like they helped me. They were incredibly patient and tolerant. Mm. Um and yeah, it, it definitely paid off. And That's I think dope, I think it was them that really inspired me, just watching their, their model and thinking like, Hey, if, if doing ministry looks like this, I could definitely mm. I could definitely do that. And when I became a Christian I just I wanted everyone to know what I had found. Mm. Um sure. and, and I think that's why the day I became a Christian, I was just like, Cool, I'm also going into ministry. Yeah. That's pretty dope, yeah. man. That's super encouraging, man. I think um I've known you, but I, I've never known that story about you. And that I think just how deep your passion for wanting to be in full-time ministry is. That's pretty dope, man. Um, so how long have you have you been serving as a youth pastor at, at uh, Christchurch Santon? And and I mean, I, I can assume what your greatest joy is, but, but I'll, I'll ask anyway. What has been your greatest joy? Mm. So I've been serving as a youth, youth pastor at uh, Santon for... Uh, going on five years now, so mm-hmm. uh, this is my fifth year, and I mean, there's been many joys, um, but I'm sure being someone who serves in youth, you also know there's always the joys, but there's also the struggles. But I think, <laughs> I think for me, the biggest joy has been seeing seeing young people, you know, get it. Mm. Um, one of the things that we we had to sort of, I suppose, deal with with our youth group is that a lot of our teens didn't have the biblical foundation that they would have received through Sunday school. Cause a lot of our teens walk to youth and oh, church. Yeah. And so they kind of came in, um, after that Sunday school phase. Mm. So, you know, they kind of had an idea of who Moses was and then, you know, there's a guy named Abraham and all that. Yeah. So we, we decided to choose very specifically, you know, what series we we're going to do. So we did a, a series through the book of Mark, introducing them to Jesus and, and sort of showing them his life and his ministry. Mm. And it was really encouraging just seeing them get it, you know, ha- having teenagers sort of looking and saying, I, th- I thought Jesus was like this, but I see, you know, that he wasn't. Mm. And I think it was, it's just been such a joy going on this, this biblical journey with the teens where, you know, we, we're unpacking the Bible and we, we're looking at who God really is and, and what he's really like. Mm. And I suppose also trying to get rid of a lot of the things they've been taught about God mm. through Hollywood and, and media. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's just been such a joy, like watching them grow and their understanding 
of him, but also growing together because a lot of them started the journey at the same time. Mm. And just seeing them grow in their faith um, continuously and growing in their understanding and, and even growing in their Bible skills, like their Bible handling skills has mm. been great. Sure. That's pretty dope, man. Um, I think, like I said at the beginning, um, when I asked that question, that I would assume what your greatest joy is, because because I, I I I know I think just your philosophy of ministry, um, and and I think seeing lost teenagers come to know Jesus is 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 why um, I've worked with you over the years, and and I, I value just the partnership that we have as we serve mm. um, our teenagers in our province. Um, so it's pretty dope, man. Um, and, and I think the way you do ministries is very refreshing uh, for the times that we find find ourselves in now. Um, I know just before um, the lockdown was announced, there was a um, a, a conference that you had been um, planning. Uh, you did it uh, previously, and um, and you were doing it again this year called Equip. Um, care to explain what Equip is um, and what the purpose of Equip is? Um, so I think I think in order to answer that question properly, I want to have to just start right in the beginning where mm. the the idea kind of came from. Sure. Um, so towards the end of 2017, I decided to pick up a book that I hadn't quite finished. So I'm not great. I'm not great with reading, and I'm trying <laughs> to improve. But <laughs> um, the book I was reading was Your First Two Years of Youth Ministry mm. uh, by Doug by Doug Field, and um, I was reading a section on the importance of parents and the role of parents in youth ministry. Mm. And I was really struck by what he had to say and his sort of his, his outlook on the role of parents in your youth ministry. Because mm. a lot of us think that youth ministry is about the youth. Youth ministry is about the teenagers. Sure. And it's not that it's not about them. But I think there's more to youth ministry than just teenagers and youth. Mm. Um, and... You know, I started thinking, if we had to build a partnership with parents, how much would that help? How much would it help if a parent, instead of, you know, saying you're not going to youth tonight because you failed your test, the mm. parent's like, actually, you need to go to youth because it's better for you that you go. Mm. How mm. great would it be if, because parents knew us and knew the ministry we were doing and knew the impact that it was having, like, encouraged their teams to constantly be going to youth and, and to church? Mm. And I just think that I realized that there was a much bigger role that parents had to play in discipleship and in, um, you know, in, in ministry. Mm. And as much as, as much as like that may sound obvious, you know, maybe people listening to this now are thinking like, how did you not think of that? Mm. Um, and I mean, I'm sorry for not thinking about it, but we are on a journey. And I think, the more I looked at parenting today mm. and the more I thought about, you know, what would be the obstacles parents have in discipling, mm. I actually felt for the parents sure. because I think in this generation, it's a lot harder to be a parent than it was generations before. Mm. Technology is changing the way that we as humans operate. Mm. You think about a cell phone and the access that you give a young person when you give them a cell phone. Mm. You're not just giving them easier access to you as a parent. Mm. You're giving them access to the internet, yep. which is giving them access to so many things. Yeah. I mean, when I was 11 years old, I didn't have a voice, yeah. um, figuratively. Um, 
you know, I couldn't go on Facebook and share my opinion on something. I couldn't mm. go on Instagram and share a picture of whatever because my Nokia didn't do that, you know. <laughs> um, I think when I was 11, phones were only just starting to play music yeah. off the phone. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was early days. Yeah. Um, and I just realized that there is a massive gap generationally between teenagers and their parents today yeah. and yeah. possibly the biggest gap that's ever existed between teens and parents because of social media, because of, um, I mean, almost access to the world. And I just, it got me thinking about how can we as a youth ministry partner better with parents to make them feel more comfortable in their ministry? How can we help parents know that ministry is not as difficult as it seems? Mm. And connecting with your team is not that difficult. You know, teens, okay, they are difficult, but they're not expecting a lot Mm. from parents. And I think that's where the idea sort of came from was, okay, you know, there is a gap that, that in our ministry, we're not, we're not helping and encouraging parents. Mm. So how do we do that? And it was from that that I got the idea of Equip. And I think there's like, there's the main purpose of Equip, which is to obviously equip parents mm. for ministry at home. That's, mm. that's really the main purpose is sure. to equip, equip parents for ministry at home. Mm. Um, but they were almost like, sort of smaller purposes within that of, you know, we want to be engaging with parents. We want parents to know that we're an active youth ministry. We want parents to know that they're not alone in their ministry at home. Mm. We want parents to have a relationship good enough with myself as the youth pastor and the leadership team that they can know they can phone us at any point and Mm. ask us any questions. You know, my team's currently going through this. How do I walk them through this? And I thought a, a... a conference where we could all come together and do this together would be a great way to do that. Mm. And I don't think the teens appreciated me doing it because I got their parents <laughs> on Instagram and stuff. It was, it was really funny. Like we set up a, a Wi-Fi network in our hall and we got the parents to all download uh, Instagram and set up their own account. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. And I think, I think the parents realized that, you know, because of social media, if you're not ministering and doing ministry at home and yep. discipling at home, yep. The world is going to teach your kids all the things that you want them to be taught Amen. before yeah. you can. Yeah. For example, on sex, yeah. you know, the world will teach your, your not even like your teenager, before they're teenagers, yeah. they're taught about what sex is. Um, and I think social media and the internet has, has only accelerated that. Sure. As a parent, how are you being active in your discipleship and setting your 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 child down and saying, let's have this discussion. And I know mm. it's awkward, mm. um, but that's just one example that we gave. And I think the whole purpose of it was, yes, to equip parents to do ministry at home better, mm-hmm. but also to partner with parents so they don't feel alone in all of it. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was realizing that as the youth pastor, I'm spending three to four hours a week with the teens yeah. on a Friday. Yeah. The parents are with them, yeah. I don't even know how many hours yeah. a week. They're with them every day. Sure. The best person to disciple a child or a teenager is the parent because mm-hmm. they are with them every day. Yeah. I should be there to facilitate the process and to assist where possible. Yeah. Um, and obviously to be an avenue where teens can come and share things that you know maybe they're not comfortable with, with their yeah. parents. But yeah. parents play a much bigger role in, in, in discipleship than I think I realized at the time. Sure. And yeah, that was where Equip sort of came from. Was, was how do we 
how do we work with parents to disciple young people thank you so much man for that like it is it's pretty dope how you how you say it like it's it's their ministry um you know what i mean so it just puts the ball in their court um and, and being a parent myself like and obviously my kid is like a year old you know but yeah. but i think it starts now um i don't have to wait for them to turn 13 for me to, to start discipling them i have to start now so that by the time they're teenagers as well uh it is mm-hmm. it is a, a part of the culture here at home um and just mm-hmm. how, how how things are done you know what i mean if uh, and i think a lot of parents then don't realize that um, kids kind of catch on to what they do more than to what they say. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you're not exercising your own faith in the household, then teenagers think, well, this is not a Christian home. Um, you know, Christian mm-hmm. uh, church or Christianity is what we do when we get to Christchurch Center, but not not here at mm-hmm. home. You know what I mean? So super dope, man, that you kind of put it that way. Um, and it's encouraging. But uh, when the president did announce lockdown, um, what were your initial thoughts uh, concerning uh, Equip? Because you were obviously in the midst of preparations for that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so I'll, I'll be honest, and I will say that Equip was probably one of the last things I thought about. Um, yeah. Not because it's it's not important, but I think immediately my first thought was how are we gonna like how are we gonna continue discipling our teenagers through this time? Because mm. um, a lot of them don't have access to. You know, they don't have um, tons of data, um, and most of them are on WhatsApp bundles. So it's not like we can send out YouTube links mm. or um, stream our services online or anything like that. Um, so I think it was just thinking, like, how can we lovingly disciple them without, you know, abusing their data? <laughs> sure. um, and so that was my first thought, was, like, how are we going to do youth ministry in this time? Mm. The second thought was, how are we going to do church? Like, how is this going to work? Um, video-wise, and because and we were still trying to wrap our heads around like putting videos together mm. and what that's going to look like, what the service structure should be. So my first thoughts were along the lines of actually just day-to-day ministry mm. um, for youth and for the church. Um, I think it was like a day or two later where we had the discussion around Equip and decided that it's cancelled for now. Mm. But um, once church kind of reopens and things kind of, I suppose, become as normal as possible mm. in this time um we'll we'll have the discussion of one whether we still want to have equipped this year mm. or two um you know are we going to just are we going to cancel it and sure. what we'll, we'll probably have to do is look at the church calendar and just i suppose ask the question of would it be beneficial for the church to have this event now mm. because there are other events planned for later on in the year so we obviously want to respect those events and um, yeah, I mean, I really do hope that we can have Equip again mm. because, um, I mean, you, uh, myself and Lester, we had the discussion around the things we were going to chat about and yeah. um, I really liked the content that we had decided to look at oh. and I was really excited to share with the church and um, I think just hearing what the parents are struggling with and that kind of thing, the topics we had decided on were were really going to be beneficial. So mm. I'm disappointed, and I was disappointed with it happened, but I think immediately my concern jumped to, like, everyday ministry. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we'll we'll have a look. Um, we'll have a look at it. Obviously, I'd love to have Equip still, mm. um, but we'll have to just uh, see what the calendar looks like by the time we, we get back to opening our church doors again. Yeah, uh, properly, and sure. I think even then it'll probably be like a month after church is open that we'll we'll be able to sit down and say, okay, 
um, are we going to do this? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not too bummed um, because I do think that we will have it. Yeah. But obviously, I, it would have actually been ideal if we had it right before lockdown. It was like, cool, you guys have six weeks to go and practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, we were ch- chatting earlier on, um, and 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 you said that like um, this is actually it's not all that bad, you know that that we have the lockdown because then it is um, time mm-hmm. for parents to actually kind of get their hands dirty uh, with yeah. with discipleship at home with their teenagers. You know what I mean? So, so you probably alluded to it earlier on, but do you want to just tell us what the importance? Uh, of of home discipleship is and Mm. then can you probably run us through some practicals for parents um, of how Mm. to do it especially during lockdown so I think again just a reminder to the parents like if God has given you if you have a child in your house at this point you are a children's worker and if you have a teenager in your house you are a youth worker or Mm. a youth pastor whatever you want to call yourself you've been called to that you've been called to youth ministry and children's ministry Um, and so I think it's vital. I think, you know, discipleship in the home is, is vital. Um, in fact, it would make our youth ministry gatherings, um, I mean, we have it on a Friday and mm. different churches have it on different days, but um, it would make our ministry a lot easier mm. if parents were discipling at home. So to answer the first part of the question, um, it's incredibly important that there's discipleship going on at home. Mm. Um, and I think in this in this time, um, or I suppose now, but also going forward, the best way for parents to be to be doing that and to be getting it going is is to just take the plunge. You know, don't don't overthink it. Mm. Just um, be yourself and and allow questions. Mm. So what I mean by be yourself is be relational. Sit down with them and. And don't have the switch of like, okay, I'm talking as like your Christian mom or dad now. And then mm. there's a switch, you know, to like, okay, I'm just mom and dad. Um, just be yourself and be relational. Ask them how their day's going, how their day was. Ask them how their schoolwork's going. Mm. Show interest in their day-to-day lives. Show them that you really care. And build a relationship that is good for open discussion. Mm. Um, because that will help facilitate your discipling at home. Um, and... When I say allow questions, I think a lot of the time we think that when people ask questions, we, we think that they're trying to deny the truth. And, and there are times where people will ask questions of Christianity or the Bible, and it's very clear that they're trying to actually show why they don't believe. Mm. But more often than not with, with teenagers, they're saying, this doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Would you mind explaining it to me? Or why do you think this is the case? Or mm. what do you think about this? And if we shut down and we say, like, don't ask those questions, or like, oh, what do you think you're clever? Mm. That doesn't work well with discipleship. And if the question's a really tough one, don't be afraid to say, I don't know the answer. Just say, yo, that's a that's a really good question. Mm. And I'm really glad that you're thinking that way. Mm. Uh, do you mind if I come back to you in a day or two? And I promise you now, they will not think that you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. They will not think that you're stupid. They will respect you for saying, hey, I actually, I want to take your question seriously. Mm. So I'm going to go and, uh, I'm going to go and do research on this so I give you the best possible answer. Mm. So don't feel threatened by questions. Um, but I think in this time of lockdown specifically, like parents need to be encouraging their, their teenagers and their children to be getting into the material. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean like going up to them and pointing your finger at them and saying, are you doing the stuff that your youth pastor is sending out or mm. 
or being overthrown. But you can ask questions that encourage them to do the to do whatever is being um, sent out or to go through whatever is being sent out. So mm. go to them and say, hey, you know, is your is your youth pastor sending anything out to you guys? And they say, yeah, yeah, they're doing daily devotionals. Okay, cool. What was today's devotional about? Or what did you think about today's devotional? Or what challenged you with today's devotional? Mm. Um, ask those almost like those prodding questions that encourage them to go and do the material. Mm. Um, and if they say, yeah, actually, I haven't done it yet, don't don't freak out and say, well, you better go and do it. Just just say, well, would you mind doing it and, and then coming and share, come share your thoughts with me? I would love to hear what it was about. Mm. Just show that, that keen interest in that. So I think that's another way that parents can do it in this lockdown period is just actively going and asking their teams like you know about the material that's being sent out encourage them towards the material that's being sent out i know there's a lot of youth workers and and guys involved in ministry who are are working incredibly hard Mm. to get um content out to to the churches um so the material's there and i think we great that parents encourage their teams towards the material Mm. um and and yeah i think that's I think that's those are things I'd really encourage uh, sure. with regards to discipleship at home. Is, Any um, anything that parents yeah. could steal from your youth program um, that you pro- perhaps do on a Friday? Uh, sorry, I'm saying is there anything that parents could probably um, just um, adapt from your program on on Friday? Mm. So I think I think the one thing that I will say is that music is incredibly important to teenagers. Yeah. And I know in our youth in our youth ministry program, one of the things that we've noticed is that praise and worship is like one of their favorite slots. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's the be all and end all, but um, music is a big part of teenagers' lives. Mm. Um, and I mean, you, I mean, like you would know best of all how music uh, influences people. Mm. And sure. I mean, you can actually see it when teenagers are listening to certain artists or certain types of music; they speak like that they try and be like those guys yep. or those girls um, and I think it's a great opportunity as well to be pointing young people towards artists who are Christian and who are leading us in worship yeah. and parents I mean one of the greatest things you can do is actually say to them like um, you know why don't you sit down and show me three or four of the songs that you guys sing at youth I'd yeah. like to hear what you guys sing and maybe you, we can do praise and worship together like that. And sure. it may be awkward, you know, playing it through the TV or something and you're standing there singing it. It might feel awkward, yeah. but it's a great opportunity to encourage them towards that music mm. and to be worshiping together. I think I think children and parents worshiping together is such an important thing. Um, and unfortunately, because we've almost split, you know, children and youth and adult church, we've made those divides. Mm. Um it's a lot more difficult to actually see that happening. Um, and this is a great time. Uh, this is a great time for parents and children to be worshiping together. Mm. So encourage them to be listening to worship music and to be worshiping to that, to that uh, music. And um, yeah, I think just sitting down and, you know, maybe parents say like, Hey, why don't we, why don't we have a youth evening on Friday? Like mm. we have like a, we have youth group in a way. Mm. So we'll, we'll listen to a couple of songs and then we'll sit down and we'll go through the Bible together or we'll work through whatever your youth pastor sent out. Mm. Um, yeah. Just encourage that, that pattern. Mm. Um, That's yeah. good, bro. Yeah, no, that's pretty dope, man. Um, and, and just thinking for the future, um, you know, post lockdown, whenever that will be. Um, I don't know how other countries in Africa are doing it, but I know for us, 
um, our president gave us uh, various levels. And so they would announce to say we're at level five, level four, three, two, one. Um, and mm. each level obviously has its own uh, regulations. Um, but lockdown is not officially over. And for as mm. long as we have those those different levels. But um, and, and I think with that said, like for me, I'm like, OK, maybe we'll be under soft lockdown for the rest of the year. And then mm. we'll we'll see how next year is. But for as long as we're under lockdown, um, I think some of the tips that you've given parents pretty dope, and they can implement those and 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 use them. Uh, but post lockdown, when we kind of get back to quote unquote our normal lives, my fear is that uh, mm. uh, a number of us parents will get back to yo we we grinding, we working, blah 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 blah, and all the good habits that we would have established during this time of lockdown will be threatened and we'll throw those away because now we're getting back to to work we're getting back to our meetings we're traveling again whatever the case is um so so how would you encourage a parent now i think just sell them your dream your vision that even post lockdown they look forward to that vision and dream and don't lose um, all the good things that god would have started in them now and that they they would have started in their families as well yeah mm. Well, I mean, in in all things that are like I suppose really good but hard, a good example is gym. Mm. Um, <laughs> momentum is vital, and this is a great time to be able to get the ball rolling with your discipleship at home. Mm. But when things go back to normal and and lockdown is completely lifted, and you know we're we're allowed to hug each other at youth and at church again, and we can shake hands, and mm. you know basically as you say, um, life goes back to quote quote normal yeah. um, I think there will be a new normal but um, you as parents your goal should be to build up that momentum mm. to follow through and don't stop when life goes back to normal don't stop mm. because now again it's the youth pastor's job because he can do the job again mm. it's not um, it's a great opportunity to um, to get the ball rolling now the mm. post lockdown to be um, just as intentional mm. and I think when life gets busier that's going to be the real test because I know that it, it can be really difficult when you've worked a long 8 to 10 hour day mm. to come home it, it feels like almost a burden to have to sit down and read the Bible with your family mm. um, but again parents like it's a really good opportunity to sit down and at the dinner table and say how was your day mm. how did school go um, how you know how your friends doing show some interest mm. and then straight from that kind of go into like well today i'd like to read da, da, da. or as a family we're currently reading through the book of of you know john mm. so we're going to carry on working through that um don't allow yourself to lose the momentum that you build in lockdown i think the vision post lockdown is to see um parents invested in the spiritual lives of their teenagers mm. and their children Mm. Um, the vision and, and that's ultimately the goal of equip is to see parents doing the ministry. Mm. Um, we want to see, we want to see parents actively involved in, in the discipling of their teenagers and their children and to see parents invested, um, in, in their spiritual well-being mm. of the children. And I think added to that, the vision as well post lockdown is to see, youth workers and youth pastors and children's workers working way better 
relationally with the parents as well. Mm, mm. Um, in fact, this lockdown is a great opportunity to build a relationship with the youth pastor at your church. Mm. And I suppose if there's any youth pastors listening to this, like this is a great time to be focusing on your relationships with parents. Mm. Um, so that post lockdown, you guys have a, a good relationship already established and, um, you know, you could even consider having like a small parenting conference after lockdown where you touch base with all the parents and thank them for their involvement and their, um, their hard work throughout mm. the period of lockdown. And, you know, it's been so great to get to know you guys at this time, but really almost like establish and solidify your relationship with them straight after lockdown. Yeah. Because I think that should be the vision of every youth ministry is to be discipling teenagers and parents um, and also walking the journey of, um, you know, walking that spiritual journey with teenagers and parents. Um, And, yeah, I think ultimately um, the vision for teen discipleship in the home post-lockdown is parents invested in the spiritual well-being of of their children and um, parents and youth workers and children work, children's workers working a lot more closely um, mm. to make sure that our young people are looked after and and well-discipled and well-cared for yeah. within the church and, and in their homes. It's pretty dope, man. That's great, bro. Um, that's, that's like proper James right there, man. Um, and I know as a parent listening, um, or rather, I'm here as a parent. Rather, um, I'm, I'm I'm encouraged myself, um, and there might be parents out there listening, and they like, yo, man, we like what you're saying. We encouraged. We want to yeah. get into it and get stuck in, you know. But uh, on another hand, there definitely is an overwhelming sense like this mm. might just be too big for me. I don't know how this is gonna work. I don't know what my kid is gonna yeah. think. Da da da. So I think just yeah, as a last word, um, how could you encourage parents who who probably have started the process of discipling but are just struggling, mm-hmm. or maybe they're thinking about it and it's been an ongoing thing between them and God in their hearts and heads, um, but they haven't actually implemented it in the in their households. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be your encouragement to them, man? Mm. I think first of all, my encouragement to the parents who have started is like good job and and don't stop Mm. um you may be feeling like i'm not doing a great job at this but um i think from my personal outlook um in in the church i think there's a lot a lot more parents not discipling at home than there are parents who are Mm. so to those of you who have started and are doing it good job you're doing an awesome job and keep going uh don't stop but if you feel like you hit a brick wall you know there's a question you can't answer or you're not sure what book to do next or um, you feel like you're not connecting as well as you could with your teenager, phone the youth pastor at your church. Mm. Give them a call. Phone the children's worker. Maybe even speak to your pastor and say, like, we're trying. This is what we're trying to do. This is how we're trying to do it. Do you have any tips? Do you have some feedback for me? Mm. Um, do you have some material we can work through? A lot of a lot of like people in ministry have material that they've done in Bible studies that's now just sitting in their, in their offices. Mm. Um, on their shelves, they'd be more than happy to hand you a book, um, sort of guiding you through through a book in the Bible. We've got questions. There's there's tons of material, but but I will tell you as a youth pastor, if a parent ever phoned me and said, "Hey, I really need help. I want to disciple my children better at home. Mm. How can I do that?" I will be over the moon, and I will do everything in my power to help you. Mm. Um, it would be. It's, 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 I don't think there's a youth pastor in the world that 
that would would hate that kind of a phone call. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so if, if you're a parent and you have started with discipleship at home, keep going. You're doing a great job. And, um, yeah, speak to people. You're not alone in this. You don't have to be alone. Um, and, I mean, you could even phone a close um, person in the church, maybe a family friend that you have, phone them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. How do you guys disciple at home? Mm. Uh, and it's a great way for parents to be holding each other accountable as well. Sure. Um, to the parents who haven't started yet, I, I do I do acknowledge that I think this it's a huge step and it, it can be incredibly um, intimidating. Mm. Um, especially with teenagers, you know, they can be difficult at times. But I just want to say go for it. Mm. Like, just go for it. Take the plunge. And the first 10 to 12 days will probably be quite uncomfortable and um, and difficult, but you'll find that that as you do it, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll become with your child as you're working through the Bible, and the more comfortable they'll be with you. Mm. So don't stop just because it feels like it's not going well. <laughs> keep pushing and keep trying. Um, the other thing is allow for questions. I want to encourage parents um, to allow for questions. Often when a young person asks a question, we think it's that they're doubting mm. um they're doubting what's true or they, they're actually questioning the, the truth behind it. And sometimes that is true. But um, more often than not, it's just a teenager saying, I want to know more and mm. I'm really struggling with this. So uh, allow for questions. And, and again, I think I said it earlier on, you can always go back and, and say, look, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to do some research and get back to you. And the teens will love that. Mm. And, and finally is the, the key thing, and I want to encourage all parents with this, is relationships. Uh, in our youth group, uh, I personally used to be very program orientated. I'm not proud of it. Um, and in fact, back then, if you asked me if I was program orientated, I would have said no. Um, <laughs> but at one point, I was very program orientated. And we sort of then shifted to focus a lot more on relationships. Mm. And the difference that that made in our ministry at Revive Youth Group is unbelievable. Mm. And I definitely want to say, parents, relationship is the key to all of this. Um, and and just on that note, I want to say that I think screens can be the enemy sure. in this situation. Sure. Um, teenagers and young people can't seem to get off their phones. And and I've noticed that older people, uh, parents and, and even grandparents, like the TV is, is their go-to. Mm. Um, the screen is your enemy. So, you know, encourage when you guys are sitting down to, to read the Bible together, or, or even if it's not just reading the Bible together, you're saying, actually, I just want to spend some time with you guys as family. Mm. Please turn off the TV, ask people to put their phones away, and sit and talk to each other, mm. and, and genuinely ask, ask one another, how was your day? How's work going? How's school going? How are you feeling? Mm. Uh, what are some of the things that are bugging you at the moment? Mm. Um, and, and again, like the first couple of days, that'll be really awkward. You'll feel like the conversation doesn't go anywhere. Mm. But over time, and you, as you break down those walls, you will, um, you will see an improvement in that. Mm. And I think I think I said it to you previously, Black. Um, one of the, I mean, the biggest thing for me is that if there's no relationship, there's no discipleship. And sure. I think I think screens can be the enemy of discipleship yeah. um, because they they mess with the family dynamic and. Um, they mess with the family relationship. And I will say that if there's no family relationship, to get that discipleship going is going to be incredibly difficult. Sure. Um, in fact, it's, it would be virtually impossible. Yeah. And if you look at Jesus' ministry, his ministry you know, revolved around relationships. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, he knew his disciples. Yeah. And that's what I want to encourage parents to do, is know your disciples mm. and, and care for them, love them, show them that you love them. Mm. Um, but but if, there's, if there are things in your house that are obstacles with regards to relationships, you should consider, and not necessarily getting rid of them, but definitely reducing um, mm. the amount of time spent with those things. Sure. And that could be your work. It could be screen time. It could be a, a hobby that you have that, that on the weekends when you are home, that hobby takes you out and you're not spending that time with your family. Yeah. If you want to be doing discipleship right, you have to focus on relationships. That's pretty dope, man. Um, Dig how, how you put it, bro. Compromised family time or compromised relationship is compromised discipleship, yeah. bro. Pretty, pretty dope, yeah. man. That's epic. Um, bro, it's, it's certainly been a pleasure just to hear you drop some gem, give us wisdom and how God has been working through you and your ministry and um, how he's equipped you um, to to just share what you've learned with us, bro. Um, it's super dope. And I, I, I thoroughly trust that parents who are listening to this um, are encouraged. And that after this podcast, as you said, bro, they'll they'll definitely get their hands dirty and get into the work of discipleship. In fact, Paul Washer once said that um, when you get back home uh, from your nine to five, that's when your real job starts. So what you do at the office is your side mm. hustle. It's not your main job. Um, mm. But when you get back home, bro, if you have kids, uh, you have a spouse, that's when your mm. your your real job starts. You know what I mean? Because you have to mm. disciple. Trust, trust Paul Washer to say that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Death. <laughs> that's, so that's so true. That's so true. And I think yeah. I think priorities are a big part of it. Yeah. Um I think a lot of us prioritize our work and our career over our spiritual life. And mm. we do that to ourselves mm. and to our loved ones. Yeah, man. Bro, so with that said, thank you so much, man. Um, and thank you for listening, uh, wherever you are listening from. We are praying for you. Uh, we are praying for the leadership of Africa. We're praying for the leadership of, of, of the world, uh, that God will bless our leaders as they step up to help us during this time uh, with this pandemic that's obviously influenced um, a lot of our lives and impacted a lot of our lives. Um, so with that said, hopefully you will get into the dirty work of discipleship at home with your kids and your teenagers. Um, we really appreciate you tuning in. And please follow us on all our social media. Follow us um, where, where you can find us and uh, listen to other podcasts that we've done. We'll be doing podcasts uh, specifically for Corona and this lockdown time just to help us through um, as God guides us uh, through this, this pandemic that we are in. So thank you so much with, uh, for, for listening. Uh, Jay, bro, thank you so much again, man. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity. Grace and peace, bro.